All right, I think I'm gonna say a prayer, and then we can get started. Father, we thank you for this morning, and we thank you for the opportunity we have to hear from a dear sister. This is what church is all about, is sharing our lives with transparency and honesty and courage and knowing that our stories draw each other closer to you, Lord. So we thank you. We pray that this would be a beautiful morning, and we thank you for the ways we already know that you will speak through Sally this morning. We do pray for Dave. Would you make him well? In Jesus' name, amen. So we have the privilege this morning of talking with our dear sister, Sally Clark, about her personal journey with Jesus. And each of our missional faith stories are unique, but each also have something that we can learn from. So as Sally shares some of her spiritual story, I encourage you to be thinking about how her story can be an encouragement and a challenge for you and on your own missional journey. Sally and Dave spoke after last week's sermon focused on godly anger, specifically because a point discussed about our thoughts being separate from our identity really struck a chord with her and has actually been a very powerful part of her own faith experience in regards to self-talk. So Sally, could we start by you sharing a little bit of your backstory and about growing up and helping us get to know you a little bit better? Okay. Um, I, I, I've talked about this a lot, but I'm just trying to, trying to streamline it so that I don't don't get um, carried away. But anyway, I grew up in a very dysfunctional home. Um, I would say my mother was probably mentally ill, but she really wasn't interested in us at all. And um, there was a lot of negativity. There was a lot of um, victimization, feeling like a victim, and uh, anger, anger. And so. Dave talked about anger last week, and, and that's what started the conversation. I said, in my house, anger was the one acceptable emotion growing up, and I didn't even realize I was angry until Christians started telling me, why, why are you so angry? You know, why are you so angry about that? And um, it really made me start to think, but then uh, without the Holy Spirit prompting you, it really doesn't, it, it, it's food for thought, but it's not down here. And so uh, I went on a spiritual journey where God really, really got a hold of me. And one of the things that he talked to me about was my self-talk and my victimization. And one of the things that I did, I had a laundry list of offenses that people had done to me or I felt they had done to me. And every morning I would get up with that list and I'd go through it in my mind. And that would just perpetuate the negativity and the anger and the feeling of victimization. And the Lord said to me, you need to renew your mind, you need to change the way you think. And I literally thought, well, if I'm not thinking about other people, what am I thinking about? <laughs> but he showed me, he showed me. And it was, it was a long journey because it was so embedded in my, my mind and my spirit. And so when I would start to think those things, I would 
stop, repent, and start over. And when I first started that, it was probably three or four times a minute. And I had to look back over a six-month period before I could see that I had really changed, that the Holy Spirit had guided me and changed me. And it was just, it was such a blessing, such a freedom. It was such a freedom. Um, Dave's got this set up so that, um, let's see. Okay, you must have another question. So there, there is a question about self-talk and that, so I believe you, was okay. there anything else specific to self-talk and that particular story that you had shared with Dave? Yes, yes, this, this goes even deeper. Um, this is kind of controversial for the church, but I'm just gonna lay it out there. I'm going to talk about deliverance. And um, someone in my family went through a deliverance. And at the time that they did deliverances, they literally spoke to the spirit that, that they called forward. And this particular, um, they asked this person when it entered them. This is a relative. And they said, a year before they were born. And she said, that can't be right. And they said, yeah, it, it, it's a um, generational spirit passed down that enters you at conception. And so that was passed down in my mother's family. And um, what it did was it was actually I had somebody come up to me one time, a woman at a charismatic meeting, and say, you have a tormenting spirit, and God's going to deliver you of it. And I thought, yeah, right. <laughs> and, uh, but he showed me. He showed me that this person said this, this spirit had entered our family in the 1830s. And what it, what it did with me, and this is, I thought they were my own thoughts because I'd been thinking them my whole life. What it did, if somebody was nice to me, I would hear, they don't really like you. If I was doing something, it's not good enough, you can't do it, um, you're doing it wrong, all that kind of stuff. And when I was delivered, all those thoughts were gone, absolutely gone. Uh, praise God, they're gone forever. Uh, however, I do see it in my family, the people in my family who haven't been delivered. I do see that spirit there. So I know that, that it's kind of controversial. I grew up in a tradition where they said, oh, you know, um, the gifts don't exist today, and tongues are of the devil, and um, you can't be possessed or oppressed by the devil because you have the Holy Spirit. And I'm, I'm not going to argue with people about oppression or possession. I just know that he is our enemy. He does not want us to succeed, and he will find any way he can to get into your life and destroy it. Um, One of the wonderful, I, I always say that we have, as Christians, we have a toolbox that we never opened. Jesus has given us this toolbox full of tools to help us to become more like Christ. And that's what this is all about, uh, all about becoming more like Jesus. Getting rid of the junk, becoming more like Jesus. And um, one of them is the steps to freedom in Christ. And that is a marvelous tool. I would even say that I th personally think that every Christian should go through it, whether you think you should or not. 
and um, Aliyah Maycumber runs the uh, ministry. I don't know if she's here today, but she's someone you could talk to if you'd, if you'd like to go through it. Um, I think that I'll let you. Thank you, Sally. So are there any specific Bible passages that God has given you to help you with self-talk? Oh, this is, this is just awesome. Um, at one point, I was, I don't know if any, anybody has ever really started dealing with a lot of painful junk, but it steps, comes up and it comes back at you, and it's emotionally painful. But as Joyce Meyer used to say, well, I'm in pain if I'm standing still, and I'm in pain if I'm moving ahead, so I'm moving ahead. Uh, but I just was like, Lord, I, this is so hard, and this is so painful. And... The word is just so alive, and just every time I turned around, he was speaking to me through the word. And um, in 2 Timothy uh, 3.20, it says, In a large house there are articles not only of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some are for noble purposes, and some are for ignoble. If a man or woman cleanses themselves from the latter... He or she will be an instrument for noble purposes, made holy, useful to the master, and prepared to do any good work. And I thought, yeah, okay, that makes sense to me. That makes sense to me. I, I can move forward. Let's go. <laughs> and then um, as he was teaching me about self-talk and how I really needed to change the way that I thought. He gave me this one. Everybody knows this. It's a beautiful, beautiful scripture. Philippians 4, 8. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. And the scriptures on, at, before it and after it all speak about peace. Yeah, and if I can add a question here, um, I'm curious, for you, what does it look like to maybe read those scriptures, or what has it looked like over the past for those scriptures to speak to you? Um, what does it look like for those to become like, embedded in your heart? Is it, is it meditating on those? Are those scriptures that you already knew? Um, are they scriptures that were brought to mind particularly during these moments? Well, I was raised in the church, so I, I was familiar with them. But, you know, when the Lord speaks to you, when the Holy Spirit is moving, they become alive, they become real. And um, so they became real for me. And what... What it does is it, when you know that God's speaking to you through the word, God is speaking to me. To me, why? Because he loves me, I don't get it, but he is the creator of all. And so, yeah, I want to please him. Yeah, I want to do, I want to move forward. I, I, I want more of him. And I could once... A lot of that garbage was gone. I could hear more clearly from him. I could understand the word better. I had a love for other people that I had never had before. Um, at one point, I had 
had women at women's groups come up to me and say, I'm going to pray over you because God's going to use you to help other women. And I thought, yeah, right, I hate people. <laughs> That's not happening. <laughs> but each time it happened, I got a little more hopeful. I thought, really, Lord, you're going to use me? And then eventually it was like, wow, he's going to use me. <laughs> I believed it. And um, yeah, so he is awesome. He is wonderful. I love him. He loves me. And um, it's just been an amazing walk with him. Once I experienced that, there's no turning back. There is no turn. There's nothing in this world that matters as much. The funny thing about that scripture is, um, and also, um, I've heard more of a more conservative viewpoint about Christianity. Just do it. You know the right thing, just do it. Well, there was a time in my life when I couldn't. And, and so the, I just don't fit into that just do it category. And I think there may be a lot of us. I was so overwhelmed and just so tormented that I couldn't do it. I needed to be rescued. Kind of brings us to this thought, Sally, that, that it feels like the underlying themes that this brings all of us to are freedom and deliverance. Mm. Do you agree? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Huge difference in the way I feel. Huge difference in the way I feel. I just, I can't even begin to explain it. I remember getting up one morning and I literally, I guess I would say that I actually had a rage. I didn't have anger, I had rage. And I got up one morning and I went, oh, something feels different. Why do I feel different? Oh, it's gone. <laughs> it's gone. The anger and the rage is gone. And there's peace in here. And it was just amazing. And you know, we all come from different backgrounds. We all come from different places. So I think that maybe what I'm talking about is, is an extreme. So a lot of people come to Christ, and they're not carrying the kind of baggage that I was carrying. But we all need sanctification, which is becoming more like Christ. And so, um, I just think, I just, my heart is so wanting to see the body of Christ free as could be. Because when we are free, go read Acts. Read the book of Acts. When we are free, we are going to move those mountains. But Satan doesn't want us to be free. He's going to do everything in his power. But we can break that power. Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. Absolutely. That's, I say I grew up in a pseudo church. How are you this morning? Oh, I'm wonderful. And I'm dying inside, you know. Authentic church is coming alongside one another. Loving one another. Helping one another. Praying for one another. One of the most powerful things I experienced was being prayed over. And um, I love doing it. I, I love experiencing it. And um, 
I just think, I just want to encourage everybody here. Pray over one another. Lay hands on one. There's something about laying hands that is empowering to the person being prayed for. It's another level of caring, I think. Yeah, I had a huge root of bitterness. Uh, because, of course, my mother was neglectful and um, abusive. Uh, it set us kids up for some horrific experiences. And so um, every time something happened, I would say, this is never going to happen to me again. Never going to happen to me again. I'm never going to let this happen to me again. And as I did that, um, of course, you have no control over that. What it did was it hardened my heart. It hardened my heart toward others. Um, so it didn't really help me. I put up a protective wall, I guess. And then there was a time when God said to me, don't defend yourself and don't protect yourself. I'm the one that does that. And so I was able to let that wall down. But I was like, forgive? You've got to be kidding me. You've got to forgive? Because to, to me, forgiving was going back into a difficult situation and getting it all over again. I just didn't understand it. It literally was a revelation from the Holy Spirit that I was releasing myself from a prison when I forgave. Questions? Any comments? I have a verse here, Sally, that I'm not sure if you're reading or I'm reading from John 8. Oh, go ahead. Okay. I think I need your Bible, though. All right. So Dave has a verse written here from John. He might have referenced, I'm not sure if this is the same one he referenced last week. Whoop. I'm sorry. It's all right. It's fine. John 8, 34 to 36. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Amen. Sally, what do you think the impact could be if all of God's children were delivered by Jesus into <laughs> complete freedom? Uh, yeah, I, I already talked about that. I think that, that we would move mountains. I mean, the Bible, uh, I think it's the book of Revelation that says that there's going to be a sweeping um, movement of God across the world. And... He can't do that without us. Or he can, but he wants to use us. And he's getting us ready. Just by me sitting up here he, and talking to you about this, he is preparing us to go out and preach the gospel like it's never been preached before. And move, reach people. Look at us going to Taunton. This is of God. He is, he's going to use us in ways that we can't even imagine at this point. And it's hard. Satan is, is 
after us at every single move, but that's how we know we're going in the right direction. Not all those who are saved are truly free. So that's what we're getting at is, as you're saying, if everyone were to be truly free, I think that a lot of, yeah, a lot of us might not even be aware of maybe the ways where we're not free. I think it requires a lot of prayer and a lot of reflection and, of course, leading from the Holy Spirit. So maybe one of the applications that we can take home today, and I think um, in a minute or two I'm going to invite us all into a moment to actually sit and pray and reflect, and I'll, I'll jump over to the piano um, and asking the Holy Spirit to reveal to us individually, personally, the ways that we perhaps need to be free, the ways that we perhaps mm-hmm. need to surrender, the way that we perhaps may need to ask God for deliverance, um, whatever it may be. I believe that Dave wanted to share a thought here about choice. That we can actually regain through Christ what was lost in the Garden of Eden, which is choice. So I think sometimes we hear maybe freedom, and we think that it means perfection, but that is not possible on this side of eternity, right? So I think, and, and from previous conversations I've had with Dave about this, it's, it's a really beautiful thought that perhaps freedom is just being able to choose again. To not be so stuck in sin that you feel that you don't even have a choice, that the sin, you truly are a slave to sin, the sin is choosing for you. But actually freedom means regaining the choice that was lost by the fall. One of the things I want to say is that if you don't have a group of strong Christians or even a strong Christian in your life that you can be gut-wrenchingly honest with, pray that God will bring someone into your life that, that um, will meet that need for you and that you will meet that, that need for them. I, I also wanted to say that um, my father was a very good man. But he was a silent man, and he, he worked like seven days a week when I was little. Um, I think that my mother ran circles around him. He, I think by the time I came along, he was like 37 when I was born. Uh, I think by the time I came along, he had just kind of given up because there was just so much chaos and mayhem that it was un- unbelievable. But... Um, he was, he was a good example for me. He was a good example of what, how to handle difficult situations and how to handle difficult people. And also, I just, I wanted to talk about the generations. And so, this whole um, generational uh, demonic influence really made me want to do genealogy. So I went back in my mother's family, and I went back to, okay, so first we're going to go 
to the Ten Commandments where God says, I will bless those who bless me to a thousand generations. I will curse those who curse me to the third and fourth generation. So I went back through genealogy to that time date, and I'm the fourth generation. And so that's my prayer for my family. I pray for God, you know, you have promised that you will bless us to a thousand generations. Bless my family. I think you bring up a beautiful point, and even just you being willing to share your story this morning is an example of this, and we've already shared this, but this is the church, right, that God calls us to. This is... This is it. If we, if we cannot have those relationships that you're speaking of, those trusting relationships, those loving relationships where there is grace, where there is forgiveness, where there is full transparency and the ability to confess sins to one another, then, then are we just acquaintances worshiping together or are we brothers and sisters mm. in Christ able to share knowing that we will be met with grace and we will be met with love and we will be met with prayer. We, my husband and I were just talking about this recently, actually, just that, um, that there's verses in scripture and I'm not going to be able to pull it out right now to tell you which one it is, but confess your sins to one another. Mm. There's verses about that, that there's obviously confession that must happen between us and God, personal as his daughter or his son and talking to him, but confess your sins to one another, what freedom there is in that and being able to come together and say, me too, I'm broken too, I'm sinful too, and to pray for one another in that. So I believe that God is speaking to each of us this morning. I believe that the Holy Spirit is moving. I believe that there's things that God wants to reveal to us individually for ourselves. And I believe that there's ways that God wants to unite us as brothers and sisters in this local expression, this, this body of believers. And like Sally said, if you don't feel you have someone, I, I, I take your challenge further and say, pray or approach someone in this church because mm -hmm. that's what we're supposed to be, right? So I'm, I'm gonna... I'm going to step over to the piano unless, unless before we transition, Sally, did you have anything else you wanted to share before we transition to maybe a time of reflecting and maybe having an opportunity to pray for one another? Yeah, one thing I wanted mm -hmm. to say is I wanted to talk about sin because we categorize it. Admit it. You categorize it. God doesn't. God doesn't. He says if you have, if you have a bad thought against someone or you murder someone, it's the same thing in his eyes. And so, you know, honestly, I have a friend in this church that I could tell anything to, anything, and I know I'd be safe. And, and that's my prayer for all of you. Praise God, huh? Praise God. He hasn't just dropped us down here and said, okay, be the church. He's given us one another. He's given us his holy word. He's given us the Holy Spirit. And he's given us wisdom. And what a blessing. What a blessing. So be the church. 